Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Before today's episode, I have a special announcement. It's hard to believe it's already that time of year to vote for the Best of Madison. So thank you for all that voted last year to help me achieve a bronze medal in the podcast category for 2023. This year for the month of February is the nomination phase for the Best of Madison 2024. You can vote every day and I have included the link to that website in my show notes and I will include that in all of my February released show notes. So please select me and help nominate me for the Best of Madison for 2024 so we can move on to the final voting round that will occur in June. Don't worry, I'll let you know, and there will be an extra reminder in the month of June on the socials and on the podcast here to vote at that time. But first, vote in the month of February to help me achieve bronze again, or maybe even better for 2024. Thank you so much, and on to today's show. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzzed with Brian, and welcome back to a new year of Buzzed with Brian. That's right. If you didn't catch it last week, I celebrated my second anniversary of this podcast. It's hard to believe we've already made two laps around the sun, and the podcast is still alive and well. We are on to year three, and I thought, what better way to start off year three was with a little style history. That's right. There's more stones be turned over and more things to teach you. Today we are going to talk about the Keller beer. That's right, the Keller beer. This is a German-styled lager beer. More on that later though. The beer that I have featured to help complement the episode today is a special one. It is coming from Copper State Brewing Company. I will say that I personally had a hand in brewing this one and my good friend Garth, you all know him if you're listening to the show, Garth of Garth's Brew Bar. That's right. He invited me along. We took the trip up to Green Bay and we met John and got to brewing and it was a really, really fun day and we are featuring the Feller's Keller. That's right. Well, I'm one of the Fellers of the Feller's Keller. <laughs> so I'm excited to share that beer with you today. I'm excited to talk about the brew day a little bit and the history behind this style of beer. It's You don't see it too often. The Keller beer is a unique one and let's, let's chat about it and we'll get on to today's episode. Today's beer, the Keller beer, that style is really a neat seasonal just lager treat. It's usually enjoyed in the summertime, but it's brewed in these colder winter months, much like it is right now. And Keller beer, for those that aren't too uh, brushed up on their German, literally translates to cellar beer. That's right, it's a cellared beer. And when we talk about cellars in the traditional sense, we're talking about the caves of Franconia. So... I told you it's a German word. Franconia is the northern region of the German state of Bavaria, and that's where this beer has its roots. More on the history in a second, though. Let's get into some characteristics like we normally do. Year three here, we're still going to kind of follow the same format. I'm not going to stray away from that too much. Stick to what you know, Brian, right? (laughs) So what exactly is the Keller beer? What is that? So it's an unpasteurized lager, traditionally aged in open cask wood barrels. 
And the typical marquee feature of this beer is a slightly hazy to moderately cloudy appearance. Although it can be acceptable to have the beer, you know, if the beer is cellared for so long, the yeast sediment has crashed out of suspension and it'll be more or less a clear beer. But that's what we're looking for in most Keller beers. You'll see a little bit of haze and that's coming from yeast sediment. You know, you're, you're not, you're cutting it short of its yeast fermentation and there's still some yeast sediment in there. And, you know, it's just, it's giving this nice cloudy appearance. Additionally, though, when we look at some characteristics of this beer, the modern slash American interpretation is more or less loosely defined uh, by the Brewers Association. It says that this beer can be a style that's variable, and that variability is dependent upon what base lager style beer is being utilized, right? And there's fans of the show know there's lots of different types of lager beer, right? You could have um, anything from a Helles Super Pale to a Martin Amber Color to a Schwartz beer, right? We just covered that not too long ago, a Black Lager, which I guess all those could then technically in turn be made into a Keller beer based off of their, you know, fermentation period and fermentation style. Now, when we take a look at the Beer Judge Certification Program criteria, it creates a little bit more rigidity for us to follow along with because, of course, they're trying to judge beer to specific style and they they need the criteria. But they have it split into two different things. The BJCP says there's a a pale Keller beer, so a lighter colored Keller beer, as well as an amber Keller beer. That being said, one could then expect this beer to pour anywhere from as pale as a Munich Helles, as I mentioned before, to uh, the nice reddish amber color of a Martin-style beer. In line with other German classics, this beer will also be malt-forward, no surprise there, with a range of you know cracker, toast, bready, caramel-like character, um, both on the aroma and the taste notes. Now, this is not just all malts, right? We know that the Germans also have their German noble hops. So this will be a lightly balanced out beer with some herbal notes, you know, just a delicate touch of spiced um, herbal floral notes coming from those hops. This beer also, you know, it's simple. It's going to weigh in around 4.7, 4.5, maybe on the low end to about 5.5 on the top end. And we're going to be sitting at 20 to 40 IBUs. You know, a delicately hopped beer, more malt character. It's going to be on the sweeter side of things. So I hope that answers a little bit for you all. What exactly is a Keller beer and what to expect when you see that on a menu and order one. Now let's get on to some history. To start off, let's talk about the method of how this beer was traditionally made, and that will kind of encompass our history for the day. As I alluded to before, historically, this is a cellar-aged beer in an open cask wood barrel. Now, the key word there is open, right? So that means it's an unplugged bug hole in the big cask barrel. This allows for any of the CO2 from fermentation or second fermentation even that would occur as the cellaring process is going on to freely blow off. This will drastically then impact the mouthfeel of this beer. Um, It's going to be relatively flat. So the only time that you actually, traditionally that these beers were sealed up was upon shipping and the beer would be then served from the same cask it was aged in. So you'd have, like I said, a relatively flat 
some really nice rounded beer um, and potentially even some cave-like character introduced during the cellared slumber. So each cast could be fairly unique and letting patrons of long ago have some variety from cast to cask and a reason to go back out to the beer garden weekend after weekend, right? Um, and the interesting thing too is, right, historically and still seen today in Germany is that the beer is served in beer gardens. And when it's served, it comes in the ceramic mugs or as the Germans say, Steinkrug, which literally translates to Stein, stone, Krug, jug. So a stone jug. So that's right. You really shouldn't be calling any of your glassware that you can see through a Stein because it has to be stoneware, it has to be earthenware for it to be what the Germans call Steinkrug. <laughs> and Keller beers are traditionally not bottled either. Like I said, they're just coming straight from the cask. They're 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 a beer garden treasure, a very true beer garden treasure that was brewed in the colder winter months, and then you'd see them in the summer out in in at people for people to enjoy. So that's kind of the history there. It's been along around for a long, long time in the Bavarian state of Germany, the northern part in particular, Franconia. Um, and I wouldn't have this episode be complete without the mention of the other two substyles you may encounter of the Keller beer family. I mean, for the first one, shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to anyone that has untapped. You'll see Keller beer slash Svickle beer, and you're like, okay, Svickle beer? Like, what is that? So essentially, a Svickle beer is a younger, meaning not cellared for as long, but younger, weaker, less hop-forward version of a Keller beer. Additionally, unlike the Keller beer, the bug hole is sealed right away before fermentation is complete, allowing for a fair amount of carbonation to build up upon serving. So a Svickle beer should have carbonation where a traditional Keller beer, relatively flat. I think here in the States, you'll probably see things marketed as either or, and they're both going to be carbonated because, well, the American consumer expects a carbonated beverage, <laughs> right? So one last thing that's kind of cool about the Svickle beer, uh, where the, the name comes from, Svickle is the German name for the beer sampling device that you would attach to the outside of the fermentation tanks. Uh, a modern Svickle looks a lot like just a turnstile valve, but that's where the name comes from. Kind of neat. Now for the second substyle and probably even the more obscure substyle, that is the Zogelbier, <laughs> and that's spelt with a Z, right? Germans pronounce their Zs like Ss, the Zogelbier. And literally, I had not even heard of this one before. Looking up the material for this episode, I encountered this and I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? Um, I've never seen it before, but you might see it out there. Uh, the Zogel, sorry, Sogel and Svickel are nearly identical in characteristics as they're both younger. Both going to be expected to have more carbonation, you know, if you're getting that style of beer over in Germany and less hoppy than the Keller beer as well. The Sogol appears to have just a very specific regional route to a place in Germany called Oberfeltz. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that totally right because honestly the PF combo in the German language kind of messes with my head. <laughs> but this is the region within Bavaria, the Bavarian state that is the northeastern parts that borders the Czech Republic. And the thought here is that the Sogol beer is just a product of the regional dialect of German that was spoken in that part. And Sogol beer is named loosely, you know, it's, the name is loosely associated with the German word sign, as in the sign that symbolizes that beer is available at the establishment that you're currently 
thinking about entering. <laughs> so if you see Sogol beer out there, cool. I don't, maybe that'll be a trendy thing that catches on where people are just trying to be different, but I think you'll definitely see Keller beer. You probably will see Svickle beer here and there, but if you see a Sogol beer, now you know. Very cool. Well, let's get on to the brewery for the day. All right, so the beer on hand that we have today is a special one, as I alluded to in the episode intro. This is a beer that I had my own personal hand in, some of my own personal sweat in as well. (laughs) That's right, the Feller's Kellers come from Copper State Brewing Company, which is, if you're a fan of the show, you've definitely heard from them before, but maybe you just don't remember, listen back on episode 49, a little shameless plug here for my own pod. But listen back on episode 49, you'll get all the in-depth details of Copper State. On that episode, I had both Missy and John, the husband-wife duo that uh, own and operate the business. They they are the, the main people behind the curtain there at Copper State Brewing Company, but really they're not behind the curtain. You'll, you'll see them if you walk into that place. You'll see them and see their kids. It's a whole family affair there, which is really, really neat. And they just turned six in 2023, so I'm sure they've got some fun things in store for the seventh anniversary coming up. But like I said, listen to episode 49. That'll give you more of a a real sense for the brewery. But I will give just my brief overview here. Copper State has a lot going on for itself. I think it's definitely well worth the visit. You know, they are fully equipped as a cafe because they roast their own coffee beans as well. So they have a little coffee side, a little bar side. And the bar is not just their great in-house beer. They have um, a full service bar with liquor as well. And they have some really, really great food coming out of the kitchen. I think every time I've eaten there, I have been not disappointed in the slightest. I have always been very, very happy. The burgers and the mac and cheese side dish are to die for. That's my favorite. Get a burger from there and sub for a mac and cheese side dish because, oh my God, it is so good. (laughs) So, um, And the other thing that's really nice too about the place is it just has a great aesthetic. And I think back in my memory on episode 49, John did a really nice job of describing that place and i probably won't be able to do it justice here but overall copper state is just west of the fox river in downtown green bay they're across from Titletown brewing so very easy to brewery hop for people that are interested in doing that they took over a hundred you know 100 year ish old building that's a brick building uh, that was before them housed by hinterland brewing company which is the quote-unquote original green bay craft brewery so it's kind of cool that they can continue the beer industry tradition in that building alive and you walk into this place and i mean the brick facade is accented by a bunch of natural wood touches bursts of bright copper metal features i mean there's a classic dining section complete with a fireplace there's high top tables the bar seats and then there's even a second bar upstairs with a stage that they do have musical acts um you know small small musical acts come up into and it kind of gives a jazz lounge vibe it's it's really really an eclectic space and they have a lot of different uses they can get in get out of it the other thing that's neat is you can kind of see into the brewery production space too which is where garth and i spent a lot of our time on that day and when i say i poured some of my own sweat into this beer literally i mean that's not really a, a well-vented space, and when you get the boil going and <laughs> you get the you know the, the mash up to temperature between those two things, there's a lot of steam generated, a lot of heat thrown off. We were there in July as well, and that was a very you know classic Wisconsin hot, hot, humid July summer day, 
and I can still remember they have a an exit they have an exit door that goes right outside from the production space. You don't have to go through the the commercial like you know bar space to get outside. You can go right outside. And I remember standing outside and thinking, wow, it's like 90 degrees out here, and it is nicer inside, or sorry, it is nicer outside than it is inside right now. I mean, there was borderline rain coming down from the ceiling <laughs> with how much humidity was trapped in the production space. But it was a lot of fun. And don't be don't be afraid, people. The beer, you know, yeah, some of my sweat did get into it, but you boil it off. It was a clean, pasteurized, sanitized beer. And if anything, it just added a little extra character and flavor to it. So I'm really excited to try it. And uh, let's get on to the beer. Beer time. That's right. I have the beer in hand, the Feller's Keller, that myself and Garth helped brew at Copper State Brewing Company. This is being served out of a 32-ounce crowler today. Might be a first-time appearance for a crowler on the pod. Essentially, it's just a really large can. (laughs) But, of course, I picked this up at Garth's Brew Bar, had it filled there, and really excited to share it all with you. So the Feller's Keller is weighing in at 5.5%. And let's just get on to this pour. The beer is pouring out a wonderful color. Probably yellow, near golden, if if you will, a pale yellow near golden. It is, I'd say clear on the clarity. I think this one has had the opportunity to really settle out. I know we talked about Keller beers having that traditional hazy moderately cloudy look this one has definitely settled out over time and just looks like a pristine light lager and there is a good amount of just kind of frothy white head that's quick to settle on this one so a little bit of carbonation let's uh, get in for a smell Mm, yeah that's that's beer beer (laughs) i mean biscuity cracker like there's a little bit of yeah some mild fruity esters in there on on a quick sniff I'd also say I'm catching a bit of her- of herbal hops on the end as well. Uh, it's really pleasant on the nose. Definitely a lot more going on than just your average Miller Lite, <laughs> even though that's kind of what it looks like right now. So let's get in for a taste. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've had this beer several times now. I was very excited when it came out for Garst Brew Bar's fourth anniversary, and it's still it's still hitting. It still is delightful on the palate. Definitely get a sweet cracker malt up front. Almost like a really underripe pear flavor. Like really, really, when like the pear is still like basically a rock, if you could imagine the way that smells, or if you're brave enough to bite into it. That's kind of what I'm getting mid-palate. It's interesting. And then it shifts into a vegetal you know, very vegetal-like hot bitterness. It's it's pleasant, though. It's, it's well-balanced out, and the bitter isn't super intense. I mean, this is still fairly sweet beer overall, uh, but it's kind of, like, reminiscent, I think, of, like, kale, the bitterness that kale gives. Just a little bit of bite, and then poof, it's gone. The bitterness is gone. It doesn't really last on my palate at all. The mouthfeel, mildly creamy up front, and then it kind of switches to a dry aftertaste. Not bone dry, but certainly on the drier end of the spectrum. Let me get in one more taste here, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great it's a great beer. Great, simple beer. I, if you like beer, you're going to like this beer. Balance and drinkability. Nice balance between the malt and hop character. Drinkability. I mean, it's a fancy lawn mowing beer, no question. 
So let's uh, let's finish this one out, and then we'll get on to some ratings. Actually, I take that back. We won't get on to some ratings. I had a personal hand in this beer. I feel like I can't I can't score it. I was there on the brew day. You know, I, Garth is a good friend of mine. John, I've had to you know I've had the pleasure of interacting with him several times and enjoying him hosting us on the brew day. I don't think I can rate this one. We're gonna skip the ratings and we'll just I'm gonna finish this beer and we'll wrap the show up. Alright beer fans, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. It has been fun to get back on the mic here and deliver the very first episode after my two year anniversary. That's right, we are officially into the third year of Buzz with Brian. So really thank you all for sticking with me on this journey and hanging out. Uh, I, I know this is a little uncharacteristic that I didn't rate the beer, but you know, like for good reason, I, I just don't think I can rate it. Overall though, I think the impression is you could tell that I like this beer and I'm a big fan of Copper State and their stuff. So I always encourage people to, if you see it in the liquor store, pick it up. If you're going to Green Bay, make a pit stop in there, whether it's for food and beer or just beer or just food, all of it's great, or even just coffee, right? They have it all there. They really do have it all there. So that being said, if you're looking for Copper State out in the wild, it is certainly very abundantly you know, available in the Green Bay and Fox Valley market. As of 2023, they had just started to expand into the Madison market as well. There's both um, stores on the east side and west side of town that carry their stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And I'm sure the next thing they want to do is maybe tap into the Milwaukee market a little bit. So Copper State, good things. Really appreciate the good times. And again, thank you, Garth, for really making the beer for this show possible. And thank you, John, for letting us have such a great time that day and a hand in it. It, it was an absolute blast, and I hope to be able to experience something like that again down the road. So that does it here for the episode. I will make a post about this one and all episodes to come on the social media platforms like I always do. That would be at Buzz with Brian. so feel free to reach me on there if you have any questions or concerns or got some ideas for the show. Also feel free to shoot me an email, buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. That's right, in year three it is still active. Google has not taken it away from me yet. So buzzwithbrian at gmail.com, buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. Feel free to give me a shout. So can't wait to get back on the mic again soon here and enjoy the rest of year three here. (laughs) Cheers, beers. <laughs>